All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Oh, man. Connor Halley. I'm not sure I could have picked a better, more fitting song to start the show today. Holy cow. Because, hey, you know what? Water fans, sometimes you need to smile and laugh because otherwise you're going to drive yourself crazy. Welcome to the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440, Tuesday edition, brought to you by PlayAlberta.ca. And so the uh, the experts at PlayAlberta.ca are suddenly looking at, geez, I don't, we might have to really rejig these odds now all of a sudden because the uh, orders... Not uh, not good. Not good. Well, I shouldn't say that. Started well, which we've seen lots this year. Now, I know the shots were 19 to 2, and, and Edmonton definitely was out skating them there, out chance them, they were leading. I think the 19 number is a little misleading because how many of them were outside shots with nobody in front of the net? Right? But still, hey, you weren't in the defensive zone, which is great because if you're not in the defensive zone, virtually no chance they score. The problem was Vancouver spent a total of nine seconds in the offensive zone over two minutes and scored twice. Then they added a third. They scored three goals in three minutes and 22 seconds. And the game was literally over right then, right there. And if you go back and you watch those goals, it's like, why? Why? I don't... I, I don't get it. I, I, I don't understand it. So, um, 
Like the the Quinn Hughes goal. Now the Quinn Hughes goal is unlucky, right? I I'll say that one. It's uh it's unlucky, right? But the uh, the Nils Hoglander goal, like Evan Bouchard, come on, man, are you serious right now? So Drysaddle wins the faceoff, and now it's kind of an odd one because he wins it to the top of the circle, so not strong enough back to the point, and then Warren Fogle races for it, tries to dump it in, it hits the Vancouver player. If 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 you just stop the play right there, and Evan Bouchard's just like, okay, you know what? It's three two game. We scored literally two minutes earlier. We've got momentum. I'll just, I'll just retreat. And it's going to be a two on two. And Dry Settle had speed coming back. It would have been a three on three. It wouldn't have been, a, although a three on three earlier in the game, they got killed on, right? But, um, so we'll, uh, we'll see. And, um, if maybe they would have given up another one, but the, the first goal, you know what? DeHarnay's own goal. That sucks. But the second goal. Vancouver starts behind their own net. And Edmonton Edmonton just says, here's the middle of the ice, no problem. What did we talk about yesterday? Right on the show. Teams want to attack in the middle of the ice. They love it. It's where you can create danger. Right? You want to create space there. So Edmonton, you have Holloway in front of the net. Drysdale's over on the left. One pass, boom, they're up on the wall. The next pass, now it's right cross ice. Joshua, who's, you know, fourth line winger on their team, enters his own with speed. And Warren Fogle and Brett Kulak decide, it's Elias Pedersen down here. Let's go attack him and leave the slot wide open for pre-suitor. And then pre-suitor comes in. I'm not sure he could have shot it more through Stuart Skinner. That sequence summarize the Oilers' season better than anything. Easy zone entry, bad decision, no communication, and then a muffin shot right through the goalie. Second goal, you've been up 19-2 in shots, and now suddenly you find yourself down 2-0. They have two goals on four shots. They went through a span where they scored three goals and four shots. Come on. Come on. Like, at some point... I get that the orders give up chances, but your goalie's got to make a save. Like that's got to that's got to be stopped. It has to be, especially when your team's struggling. But then, hey, I give Skinner credit on the Bouchard gaff because not the thing about the Bouchard play that irritated me the most was a he makes a read he makes a play that's high risk at a time that is unnecessary. There's half the game left. It's three to two. You've had long stretches where you've had the puck way more. What are you doing? Right? And then when he backtracks, he gets to the blue line, coasts. If he would have kept skating, he's right on Nils Hoaglander. Because Skinner actually made a really good save on the initial shot. And then Hoaglander pounds home the rebound because Bouchard's like, ah, I skated hard back to the blue line. And then to compound the issue. Because that's what it is right now for the Oilers. Like, I love it when I'm getting compound interest. That's great. But when you're compounding mistake after mistake after mistake, and guess what? Your head coach, no accountability. He's talked, I don't know how many times Jay Woodcroft has mentored, the standard, our standard, the standard. So what's your standard? Right? And Speck asked him last night. There's your opportunity. Say, yeah, not good enough. 
I'm not saying you have to bench players forever. I'm not believe, I don't say, oh, go crazy and put a guy in the press box. Of course not. But why in that moment? What else do you have to lose? Your team continues to make, so it was not only the bad pinch, it was the lack of effort. I could even say, I, oh, geez, a guy's trying, you know what, he's trying to read the play. Maybe I could live with that. But the stopping moving your feet on a back check, that's inexcusable. There's never a reason to do that. No reason. You could at least make an argument. Defenseman sometimes, split-second decision, boom, I'm pinching. Okay, sometimes it's not going to work out. I could, I could at least rationalize that. Explain to me how you can rationalize the lack of effort on a backtrack. And how is that okay? How is that your standard? And how is it not below your standard? Why can't you have, they come over to the bench. You don't even have to say anything to the player. You whisper to Dave Manson, he's out of the rotation for the next rest of the period. No problem. Because that's what happens. You don't have to lean down and tell the player you're benched. You don't have to say that. It's pretty obvious when the next time they call up, okay, Nurse and Cece, you're up. DeHarnay, Kulak, next up, Cece, Ekholm. You get the picture as Evan Bouchard. You don't have to say anything because he should know right then and there. Now, if he wants to ask, great. Ask, so uh, coach, why was I sat down? Well, here's the video. Let's go watch it, Evan. I love it. Thanks for asking. See this here? It's a 3-2 game. We've talked about from the start of training camp is to learn to play comfortable in one goal games. You don't always have to score the next goal. We've talked about this. Supposedly, this is our standard. But none of that happens. You just keep on playing ho-hum like no big deal. So what do you expect? Anybody who's a parent. Heck, if you were a child who had parents who said, if you do that one more time, you're going to your room. And then the kid does it. Well, if you do that one more time, like it's infuriating. I can tell you. You read the book. I read the book. Maybe some of you have read the book. And it talked about easiest way to parent. You tell your kids very calmly. That's one. That's two. And if you get to that's three, you say nothing else. And it's like, go to your room. And when they're a three-year-old, they get a three-minute timeout. When they're a four-year-old, they get a four-minute timeout. But you know what the book also says? When they come out of the room, you say nothing. Because they know, because you set the standard of what the discipline's going to be. You don't have to talk more. There's nothing else to say. They just spent three minutes feeling shame. Now they come out, they're fine. Evan Bouchard's, you know what? It's not a porcelain doll. If he can't handle missing what would be the equivalent in nine minutes, probably four shifts. If those four shifts where he's on the bench, either A, you're like, well, our team's not good enough without him. Bad message. B, if he folds because he missed four shifts after not giving the required effort on a backtrack, then you know what you've got in the player. Move on. And I don't think he would. So I don't understand like every facet of this team right now is underperforming. Goaltending, team defense, offense, coaching, managing, everything. So what are you going to do? You're just going to keep trotting out the same things, hoping it changes? Hey, the Orders got the 32nd place San Jose Sharks. Oh, by the way, the Orders are 31st. The San Jose Sharks will enter that game. Now, maybe they'll shock the world and win tonight. All right, their coach is talking big, which we'll get to that a little bit later on. 
but the Sharks probably will lose. And they will set the modern-day NHL record for longest winless streak to start the season at 12 games. And then they'll look and they'll see the standings. Oof, it's the Edmonton owners. <laughs> Jeez, if we're going to win, maybe our best chance to win is to take on the 31st place team. Right? Maybe. Like, it's not like the orders are going to... Now, the orders have spanked them for fun before, and maybe they will. And, and honestly, if I'm the Edmonton orders and I get up 2 nothing in that game, I'm going to try to make it 12 nothing. Because you've got so many players on your team right now who have virtually no offensive confidence. Hardly any. I saw David Johnson put this out, and he was talking about, you know, shots for the Edmonton owners. Last year, Connor McDavid, 45. Now, this is according to the NHL Edge website, right? The tracks, distance of shots, everything like that. What's high danger? And not just distance, but a high danger shot because they use video and everything to track it. Last year, 45% of Connor McDavid's shots were high danger chances. 45. This year, 23% of his shots. And he's shooting at basically the same rate. So what's happening? The orders as a group. Did you know there's two forwards, Connor Halley? Two forwards. And I, I'm going to, this would be a great trivia question because I don't think anybody's going to get it. I'll, I'll wait and see. I'll give you a guess. The two oiler forwards who were here last year, who have a higher percentage of their shots that are high danger chances this year than last year. So that's McDavid, Drysaddle, Nugent Hopkins, Kane, Hyman, Ryan, Yanmark, McLeod, Fogel, Holloway. Right? Out of those 10, there's two. One significantly, the other one barely, but still, it's an improvement. Two players who have had a higher percentage of their shots this year that are high danger chances compared to last year. Any guess, Con Man? Uh, Fogel. Is Warren Fogel one of them? Who's your other guess? Oh, gosh. Someone in the bottom. Uh, no, I feel like it's going to be someone useful. It's not a, a key contributor. Uh, let's go Derek Ryan. Derek Ryan, uh, no. And uh, also, Warren Fogel, incorrect. Because I, I, I get it why people would say that, right? He's like, been good? Yeah. Is that his chance? Oh, is that his chance? That <laughs> yeah. goal? Oof, that's a tough goal to get called off, I thought, last night. But uh, nonetheless, we'll let you think about it. Two forwards. Who had better? You would be, uh, you'd be surprised. So, a lot of text flying in at 833-401-1440 in our Jiffy Lube inbox. And cause, whew, it's hot. We're going to open up the phone lines a little bit later on. Many of you are spicy. I like it. You should be. Like, cause we'll be, like, honestly, something's got to change here. Now, Jack Campbell, if you missed it, he's being placed on waivers. Uh, I do not expect Jack Campbell to get claimed today, tomorrow. So uh, he'll go down to the AHL. They're going to recall Calvin Pickard. We talked about this yesterday in the show. I thought it should happen. And now it's happened. And so Jack Campbell, because you, you, you had to come to a point where you're either you're going to find out if Jack Campbell can ever play again or not. So let him go to the American League, gain some confidence, see what he does. And, and, and not one game. Honestly, I would need to see five games from Jack Campbell. Minimum. And I'm not just looking at the save percentage, and I'm the orders. I'm going to look at the video. I'm going to see how is he playing? How controlled is he? How is he reading the play? What kind of saves is he making? If he gets his mojo back, great. Maybe he never will. I don't know the answer. But I can tell you he's not getting it back in the NHL. This is just a fact. The orders can't give any games. So away they go. And Calvin Pickard, honestly... 
I could make the argument I would start Calvin Pickard against the San Jose Sharks. I'm not even joking. Stuart Skinner has a worse save percentage than Jack Campbell right now. Now, I know that's not going to happen. They're going to go with Stuart Skinner because he's their guy. And maybe he'll get a, some confidence against San Jose, a team that just doesn't score any goals. It does save the orders about uh, 387000 in cap space, which if they actually get back into the wild card race, you notice how I said wild card race? They're not going to win the division. Sorry, order fans. They're not finishing second in the division. That's That ship has sailed. They're now battling to be a wild card team. That's what the season saves up to us. So even if Campbell's down there, they're accruing cap space. So it actually benefits you on two fronts. Creates more cap space that can be accrued during the year. And you'll find out either Campbell's going to play or he's done and you buy him out in the summer. Now, maybe you could trade him, but then you're probably going to have to throw in another asset to do it. So we'll, uh, we'll see. Hey, Greg, seven months. From displaced you, Connor. That's rude, man. I think that that is hurtful. That's rude. For those who uh, don't know, um, I, I, I'll be I'll be honest. As I was watching the game last night, the uh, the you know the limited hair on the back of my neck did uh, did start to tingle a bit. Because that would be awful, right? Like I made that statement pretty confident. Because I've seen how bad the San Jose Sharks are. But after watching last night's game, like I'm still confident, but I'm not as confident. Because if the orders do not beat the San Jose Sharks, I agreed that I would grow out the Jim Leahy, terrible, stereotype male pattern baldness. Because I can grow hair on the sides and in the back, just not on the top or the front. And I'm sorry if some of you are, are walking around like the Costanza. I just don't think it's a good look. It would be a terrible look for me. But I was so confident the Oilers would win the game on Thursday that I would grow my hair out for seven months for the Leahy. God, that better not happen. Like, I will be beyond upset. I'll honor it because I don't like, I hate Welchers. I hate him. It's a big character flaw. But my goodness. That'll be like the most... I'll just basically never look in the mirror. Because I won't st- I won't like the sight of me. So, they better win that game, man. And displaced you, Connor. There's a few choice words I'd say to you, but it's a family radio station, so I won't. Hey, Gregor, the Blues started 7-9-3 prior to the coaching change. There's beacon of hope. They remember they were 15, 18, and four at New Year's. Bring up Gleason, Dunner, and North Van. <laughs> so Gleason is going to be your Jonathan Biddington. Or sorry, Jordan Biddington. Yeah. So is Calvin Pickard going to be your Biddington? Or maybe it's Olivier Rodrigue. Could that happen by January? Because remember, Biddington was the fifth goalie on the depth chart. For the St. Louis Blues that year. They came out of nowhere. Do I think it would happen again? Eh, probably not. The dare dream. Now, in case you're wondering, the two players, Ryan McLeod is number one by a significant margin. And people are going to be like, what? Yes, Ryan McLeod, the percentage of his shots from high danger, he's actually way better at getting high danger chances. Now, he hasn't finished any, 
But him and Evander Kane, who's 2.4% higher. McLeod's like 22% higher than last year. Kane's 2.5% higher. That's it. I mentioned McDavid. He was at 45% of his shots last year. He's down to 22 this year. Now, that's courtesy of the NHL data on NHL Edge. Just talking about what they deem high danger chance. And the amount of, of shots you have and then the amount of them that come from a high danger area. This is their website. These are their numbers. David Johnson putting them together. Thanks, Dave. So, yeah. It's, uh, you, we can talk about, hey, the orders are getting shots, but they're not getting much traffic in front, and uh, they're not getting great shots. So, we'll see. Uh, Dave McCarthy will uh, join us. we got some open line time after that. Uh, uh, Mike Kelly. Now, this one, order fans, brace yourself. Okay, brace yourself for this conversation coming up at 3 o'clock because we're going to dig into some numbers from SportLogic. They use video and everything. They track a lot of things. We're going to talk offense. Uh, we'll talk defense. We'll talk goaltending of the orders. I'm just telling you, brace yourself. You might want to be sitting down for that segment because it could, uh, you know, you, you might, you might want to, I don't know if you have a puke bucket at work, right? Might need one. It's not going to be pretty, but it needs to be discussed. Uh, Paul Sewer will be by later on. Talk some NBA. Strutty, uh, Mark Spector, uh, DVD. Uh, Sean Brown is on holidays today. He's in Arizona. Browning texted me last night. I'm taking a week off. The orders are terrible. No, I'm kidding. He had it uh, planned before. But uh, would be fitting. We'll return on the Jason Greger Show. Presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 224 on a lovely Tuesday. How are you? Welcome to the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440. Text lines humming. Uh, Orders Nation uh, YouTube. People watching there. Also, hello, watching on Facebook. I love it. Lots of different ways to uh, absorb the show now. You can uh, listen here, of course, on Sports 1440. Any of the apps, iHeartRadio, Radio Player, Stingray. Watch on YouTube for Orders Nation or our uh, Facebook page. It's great. We love it. Uh, lots of comments coming in. We'll get to all those. We will have open line time coming up in uh, 15 minutes, as uh, something tells me uh, many of you have uh, a few opinions on the estate of the Edmonton Orders who have um, who have waived Jack Campbell today, and uh, he's going to clear. <laughs> no team's claiming him, so he'll go down on the minors. Uh, Calvin Pickard will be uh, recalled, and I'm curious when he gets in the game. Because uh, now I know it's the American League, but he's got a 939 save percentage in four games. There's no point calling him up and then having him sit here forever. Call him up and play him. Honestly, why not? You need something. And then if you actually do play him ahead of Stuart Skinner, then that's a little bit of a message to your goalies. The next best message better come that any of the skaters who want to continue to play below. This supposed standard, well, you can ride pine for a half a period if need be. Because you can't just blame the goalies. Yes, they're not good. But uh, look at some of the plays in front of them yesterday. Horrific. At time. Like, just unbelievable, to be honest. I was, uh, I was rather, um, rather shocked by, uh, by quite a few of them. I was kind of like, are, 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 like, are we serious right now? This is, uh, these are the defensive plays that the uh, that the orders choose to make. I don't get it. Uh, let's go around the NHL now. Brought to you by McDonald's. And uh, with McDonald's McPick Small Combos, you can enjoy a tasty junior chicken or a McDouble with small fries and a small fountain drink for five seventy nine. Get yours today at McDonald's. Is uh, Dave McCarthy from uh, Sirius XM joins us once again. Davey, how you doing, my man? Oh, 
better than I'm sure a lot of the folks in Edmonton these days. Yeah. Got that. Well, I'm really enjoying Like, Dave, you're doing so well. You've got like the... Uh... Like you going to a club later on tonight? You got the you got like the strutty, really low V neck going right now. That's, uh, <laughs> that's that's nice. I like it. Really low. You should see the caliber of jeans that I have <laughs> too. Oh, you're like Kramer. Eh? You can barely sit down. You can't get up, can you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Ask Strutty. He knows all about. Oh God, he loves so. boy. But he loves those things. Um, no, no. As he says, I'm about to go to the grocery store, start looking for oranges. If you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Um, from afar, give us give us the uh, the opinion of what you see from a distance. On what is wrong with the Edmonton orders and your thoughts on the Jack Campbell placed on waivers? Well, I was able to see most of the game last night against the Canucks, both as I was finishing up my piece down at the vault. And then by the time I got home, I caught most of the second period and, and the third. Um, and I'm with you. I, like, great start. Great. It's exactly what they needed. But then. What was going on in their defensive zone? It was hard to believe that that was a National Hockey League team that I was watching with much the same group as we saw last year when they were so dominant down the stretch in the regular season. Um, the goaltending is is rightly so getting a lot of criticism, and, and it should. Um, neither Stuart Skinner nor Jack Campbell have been nearly good enough. But that being said, um, are we sure the Oilers weren't rolling out a red carpet right to the doorstep last night against Vancouver? Because it was just much too easy for anybody on Vancouver that had the slightest desire of interest to get to the net, to get to the net. Um, and I don't care if you put Patty Waugh and Marty Brodeur uh, in their primes in the net at the same time right now, it wouldn't much matter until uh, the play in front of the goalie, whoever it is, Campbell, Skinner, Pickard, uh, gets dramatically, dramatically better. So um, the the goaltending must improve. And I, and again, I'm with you. You call Pickard up. I mean, what better of a team to start a guy yeah. against um, coming up from the AHL than a team that, as a whole, has less goals than Austin Matthews does himself this season, um, which the Sharks do. Twelve to Matthews, thirteen. So you might as well put him in the in the lineup and put him on the ice. Because not exactly like Stuart Skinner's been giving you good goaltending. So put him in. But my word, the, the play in front of the goalie needs to improve, and it needs to improve in a hurry. Yeah, uh, no question. Uh, go, what? Everything about this team has to improve. Shooting, um, thinking, competing, everything. Defense, goaltending, all, coaching, um, managing. Like there, there's nothing right now in Edmonton that would, I don't think there's anything that would get, uh, like there might be the odd individual player. Like Warren Fogle, I think, has actually had a really good season. But uh, yeah. it's few and far between for the Edmonton. It Oregon. was funny. It was funny when he thought he scored that goal yesterday, a minute into the third period. I mean, at least, at least he got to the net. He was jamming away. I think it was the right call. Probably shouldn't have counted. Um, so that was a deflator at the time, for sure, because you think, okay, we're back to within one here with pretty much the whole third period to play. Um, after that goal got called back, to me, honestly, it was like the group was like, all right, not going to be our night. What are we going to do here? And it wasn't like they put on any kind of a push for the remainder of the third. It just looked like frustration set in, and and that was it. So just just really, really concerning right now. 
David McCarthy uh, joins us from uh, Sirius XM. Uh, David, it was quite the game, the earlier game. Uh, Toronto and Tampa Bay, uh, back and forth. This is, you know, fire wagon hockey. Nikita Kucherov dominating the first period. Austin Matthews dominating the second period. Then the uh, Toronto scores two goals in like eight seconds. Uh, and then Tampa comes back before the uh, Croc finally, uh, wins the game. It's, uh, uh, goaltending in Toronto has not, net, well, at least from Samsonov, maybe hasn't been at the level they want. And, uh, I don't think their defense has been at the level they want. The difference is they're scoring a lot of goals to cover up for some of it. <laughs> Yeah, that's basically the the reason the Leafs are not in the same position as Edmonton right now is that at least their top players, by and large, have been productive. I mean, more so than by and large, Austin Matthews has been incredible this year. He's got 13 goals in 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 what 12 games right now. So he's been he's been unbelievable. Um, you know, William Nylander has been pretty good. He's he's got a 12 game point streak to start this season. A little quieter last night. Um, but Matthews and Marner really delivered the mail. And Marner was might have been one of his better games that he's played all year long uh, last night. Um, the issue in Toronto is that if they're going to have success, you're right. One, uh, goaltending needs to be a bit better. Two, the, the, the defensive play, much like Edmonton, needs to improve. But also three, they need some goal scoring from guys not named Matthews, Marner, Tavares, or Nylander. And finally last night, uh, that was that was supplied. Uh, Matthew Nyes was bumped up to the line with Matthews and Marner, which I called for on the weekend. I said it's time, right? Like he's not giving you anything on this third line with with Camp and 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 Domi. I mean, it's just a line that at best doesn't hurt you, but it's not helping you. And and whoever's been on the line with Matthews and Marner at even strength, they hadn't really been that great this year, shockingly, considering the start that Matthews off to. I said you might as well give Nyes that chance because you don't know what you have there. Um, you you know that Yarnkirk's probably not the guy. Early on, it has appeared that Tyler Bertuzzi's not the guy. Um, you might have something there in nice. and so far, so good. Uh, Sheldon Keefe, I asked him, he do enough to earn another. He said, sure did do enough to earn another another look. So he was great last night on that line. But then they also got some contributions from guys down the lineup. Callie Arncroft was really good on a, on a newly formed line with Max Domi and Nick Robertson, who they called up. Again, I said it's time to give this guy a shot. He got off to a great start in the AHL. Um, you got to bring the guy up and see if he can add another offensive dynamic down the lineup. And that line of, of Robertson, Domi, and, and Yarncroft was, was really good. So they finally got some contributions from down the lineup, which, which they need. Um, but, but, you know, in saying all that, I'm still of the mind, Jason, that before this team is going to go anywhere that resembles a deep run of the playoffs, uh, the blue line needs to be addressed, and it's going to need to be addressed from outside the organization. Yeah, well, they're going to have to. And at some point, I think you might, as hard as it is, uh, you're going to have to move a skilled forward in order to do it. I'm not sure there's anybody on the back end. they got some young players they like. Maybe that's what they'll do instead uh, is move some of their future. But uh, I agree with you. They need to uh, improve on the on the back end, no question. Um, what about the Washington Capitals and uh, and Nick Backstrom? He goes on LTIR that creates a boatload of cap space for Washington, nine point two million. The problem is they're uh, they're not very competitive right now, and uh, it leaves a pretty big hole. So it's not like teams are going to be like, oh, we'll give you a good player, right? Like, uh, what do you think Washington does? Like, do you think? And here here's one. Do you think there's any chance they would be interested in Thomas Hurdle? Uh it's a good question. 
See, like, so yeah, you dump Thomas Hurdle into that into that hole. Yeah, because you're right. I mean, in San Jose, there's no purpose there either. I mean, they're not going anywhere for a decade. Like, quite honestly, it's going to be a decade before they turn it around. By that time, Thomas Hurdle's wearing his Sharks alumni jacket. So, um, yeah, I mean, may, maybe, but like, okay, so you drop Thomas Hurdle into the Washington Capitals lineup right now. What does that really do? Does it make them maybe a bit more competitive in the short term? Yeah, maybe, but. But we're also forgetting about Alex Ovechkin, who's almost 40, and suddenly it looks like if father time hasn't caught up, objects and mirror appear closer than they are, right? Like, he has not been dynamic yeah, at yeah. all. Um, Evgeny Kuznetsov is, is at the age that he's at. TJ Oshie is at the age that he's at. John Carlson's at the age that he's like. You drop Thomas Hurdle, and I don't see this team suddenly becoming a playoff team. So I think Washington should be in the market right now of trying to divest themselves of long-term but, big money deals and start to 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 restock their cupboard rather than take on guys that okay, nice player, but like you have to look look uh, reality in the face. Sometime the window is closed. Oh, hey, I in did- Washington. I, I don't for anything dis- other than for anything other than Alex Ovechkin catching Wayne Gretzky. That's all they're playing for in the short term. The winning window is closed. So to acquire guys that have long term and big money on their deals, unless you're really making it worth their while, like really, I'm talking like a level blue chip prospect and pick and hurdle to take them out. My answer would be no if I'm the Washington Capitals. Well, the reason I say it because I think San Jose would almost be willing to give him away at this point. Um, you know, because you know he's got a long time left, and you mentioned they're in a rebuild, so um, you move on from him. I- I'm curious if the owner in Washington says, "Hey, you know what? Ovi gave Ovi made me millions of dollars extra with all the jersey mm-hmm. sales, everything else for years. I'm going to try to keep the team competitive for a few years, and then you know what?" After that, whatever. I'll deal with it then. The guy's got more money than, you know, most people, uh, for sure. So I just, I wonder if, uh, if the owner would say, you know what, San Jose, Mike Greer, what do you think? And, you know, if I'm Thomas Hurdle, he could say, well, yeah, the, the long-term future, maybe three years down the road in Washington won't be great, but I know the present in San Jose isn't great. So I would waive my new movement clause to go there. Yeah, yeah, I, I I could see that happening for sure. You you bring up a really good point. You, the, the only thing it's about right now in, in Washington is getting Alexander Ovechkin to eight ninety four, and is he going to need some more talent around him to get there? You know, last spring I would have said no, he's going to be just fine. Now I'm thinking like he what is he? He's sixty eight, sixty nine goals away. Suddenly that number looks a little bit bigger. The way he started out and the way the group around him looks would help. Um, so that's the only reason I could see it, but it would be for no other reason than to help Alexander Ovechkin out in terms of, of putting the team in, in more of a compa- – like you bring Thomas Hurt, you might score some more goals. You're not making the playoffs. Yeah. That's what I see. Okay. Uh, that's totally fair. Well, one other one for you. The, you know, the Canucks – they look decent right now. There's no question. Uh, they got an elite goalie, elite defenseman. Uh, they got an elite forward. They got a lot of guys chipping in. Um, is Rick Tockett the early leader for the Jack Adams? And who would be as early? I know it's super early, but mm-hmm. uh, who else would be in that conversation? 
Yeah, uh, I mean, at this point, it's hard to argue otherwise. I mean, what did we think about Vancouver coming into the year? I, you know, if I'm being honest, thought, oh, maybe they can sniff around a wild card spot, keep themselves in the mix, maybe squeeze in if everything goes well. Um, they look like a real team right now. They, they really do. Their goal, like their goaltender has been fantastic. Their backup goaltending when Casey DeSmith has been in the net has been very good. Elias Patterson looks like he is sick and tired and fed up of losing, and he's doing something about it. I mean, that guy is on a mission right now, um, also contract year, which provides some motivation. But, hey, good. If that's what you need to get you going, all the power to you. He's taking advantage of it. Uh, Quinn Hughes looks like a guy that is an early season Norris contender because he's not just producing, but he's playing really well defensively. He really seems like he's matured in his game. Um you know, Brock Besser looks reborn. Uh, they've got suddenly a bunch of guys that play pretty good roles, like Ilya Mikheyev and Andre Kuzmenko and Anthony Beauvillier um, and Connor Garland. Uh, maybe he doesn't want to leave anymore. <laughs> like, they've got some nice pieces around the edges of, of their, their core as well. But, but in saying all that, the coach has really taken a group and he's built a system everybody's buying in um, and they're having success because of it. They don't look like a bunch of individuals out there just trying to do their own thing. There's a purpose to what they're doing. So, um, yeah, at this point, he would be my odds-on favorite to win the the Jack Adams in the early going. Um, you know, I, I look at Tampa Bay right now, um, and and their team looks nothing like it did really anymore outside of their skeleton, their core. Um, as, as to the way it did when they were winning cups. Like, yes, Point, Kucherov, Stamkos, Sorelli, Hedman, Sergachev, that's still a pretty good spine, right? But but the third line that we knew in Tampa is gone. The fourth line is gone. The, the, the depth on the back end with guys like uh, McDonough, who was more than depth when he was there, but he allowed Sergachev to be depth. So now he's had to elevate their their bottom pairing is not nearly what it was, and and they've they've played without Andre Vasilevsky so far this year. Um, they've done a pretty good job of keeping themselves in the mix. They weren't thrilled with how they played in Toronto, obviously last night, um, and and the three of the last four games they've taken leads into the third and they've let an extra point get away. So I'm really interested to see what they do here tonight on Tuesday in, in Montreal. They're going to start Matt Tompkins. So you'd think they're really going to want to be good defensively in front of their inexperienced, albeit older goalie in Matt Tompkins. But also, you know, they talked the talk coming out of last night's game about uh, being way better defensively, just not nearly good enough. And that's, they admit, well below our standards here. And we've got the guys that can elevate see how they how they uh, fare tonight. But if they can, and, and Vasilevsky's around the corner, Jason, like American Thanksgiving uh, before December, John Cooper said, is when they're zeroing in. So that's, that's like two and a half weeks. Um, what is that, like six to eight more games to get through before Vasilevsky's back in the mix? They can get through that. Um, I, I could see them really taking off in the second half, and then I could see John Cooper getting into the mix. He's never wanted a Jack Adams. It's shocking to me that he hasn't, generally because his team is always good. So it's usually the guy, like Talkett, right, that takes what everyone thinks is a scrap heap and turns them into something. It's never been the case in Tampa. 
But much like what Jared Bednar had to do last year, where he scraped and clawed something together night after night in Colorado, you know, John Cooper's not far from doing that this year. And if they can have a a good second half and, and be firmly into the playoffs and be comfortable in their standing, I could see John Cooper getting a lot of love for uh, guiding the team through what's obviously been a pretty first tough two months from a personnel standpoint. Davey, great stuff, my man. Uh, have fun getting oranges at the grocery store, and uh, we will chat with you next Tuesday. All right, Jason. See you, buddy. There you go. That is uh, Dave McCarthy from uh, Sirius XM. We got a lot of text line in. 10, 12. Hey, Gregor, uh, the orders need to uh, have a 750 winning percentage to make the playoffs. Season is over from Doug. Well, Doug, you are correct in the sense the orders have to play well, but your math is not correct. The orders would need... If we're going just by winning percentage, they would need a 590 winning percentage. Because to me, let's say they need between 88 and 91 points. 91 being the highest, that's 96, right? I don't think you'll need 96, but I went even a high bar at 96. So that's a 590 winning percentage, right? You have 22 losses. You have um, seven ties, overtime losses, and then you have uh, 44 uh, wins, 42, excuse me. 42, 22, and 7. That would get you to uh, 91 points, which is 96. Uh, so your winning percentage is 590. Your points percentage would be 640. So that's what they would need is a 640 points percentage. And that's at 96. Let's say they need a total of 94 points and it drops down a little bit. But uh, they don't need a 750 winning percentage. I like numbers, but we have to keep them realistic. That's not realistic. Not winning, they don't need to win 75% of the remaining games. If they did that, they'd be a 100-point team. And that's obviously not happening. 833-401-1440. We'll open up the phone lines. We're going to go. You get one one thought on if you were the head coach, what is one key decision you would make before the San Jose game? Or for the San Jose game, I should say. 833-401-1440. 249 Sports uh, 1440 Orders Nation YouTube The uh, text line is uh, humming along uh, A lot of trade request uh, ideas coming in I'm just going to say this Philadelphia is not trading Carter Hart For Jack Campbell Broberg in a first I'm sorry Right? It's not happening Jack Campbell has no value Philip Broberg has very little And a late first round pick Doesn't have that much to get a young goalie like Carter Hart, it is uh, it is not remotely close to happening. Okay, not going to happen at all. So, hey guys, one thing I'd change was would it be to have the mindset that anyone who underperforms get benched for at least one shift? Anyone from Vitamin J. Well, I do think he needs to set a standard a little bit higher. I think that's totally fair. He's talked about this standard all the time. And see, like making a mistake is one thing. Certain mistakes are going to happen in the course of a game. It's a split-second decision. But when you've talked about when we're up, it's halfway through the game, we don't need to make an unnecessary pinch like Evan Bouchard did. And it's not even a pinch, really. It's Bouchard elected to when Vancouver had complete control of the puck to put himself in no man's land. He wasn't going to knock the guy off the puck. He wasn't five feet from him. But he moved close enough to now the guy was like, okay, you just left open, guess what? The wide open middle. Boom, off the boards, guys behind you, thank you very much. Like, you can't make that play at any point, ever. If you just 
retreat out. Vancouver comes up on a two-on-two, maybe a three-on-two, but Drysaddle was coming back, would have been a three-on-three. And then you you have confidence that you're like, hey, you know what? We can shut a team down on a two-on-two. I know it didn't happen on the second goal, but it should most times. Right? You, that's got to be your mindset. And the worst part is they've talked about this. Like, oh, my goodness. Like, the orders are like the toddler that, you, you know, as a parent, you got to be super patient with. Like, geez, you got to keep telling them, keep telling them. And then all of a sudden, one day, they remember it. Right? Please and thank yous. Right? Don't shoot with your, don't uh, talk with your mouth full. Like little things you teach kids because they have to learn. And you have to be patient. You have to tell them. But these are grown men. You shouldn't have to be taught that. Now, if there's five minutes left in the game, completely different. Because now you are in, we got to attack because we got to try to make a play. This was halfway through the second period of a 3-2 hockey game. And then not only... Do you make the bad play? Then you don't give everything you have to get back. You cross the blue line and you stand up straight for God's sakes. That was unbelievable to me. Unreal. And Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Absolutely not. And Bouchard knows he made a mistake. You see his reaction right back to the bench. Oh, not going to hear anything, but hey, I'll go there. It's, it's unreal to me that you can allow that to be acceptable for you. Hey guys, one thing I do next game, Holloway more ice time. Just played his best game, played his most minutes. Trev, Trev, I like that point. I thought Dylan Holloway was quite good last night. Hey, him and Fogel, right? That dry settle, they were good. Had some energy. Now, like, if eventually you want to cash in, I get that, but at least there was more good than bad, right? That's a win. You take that as a win. Uh, I quite like the uh, the game last night from uh, from Holloway. So, and uh, you know what? Keep playing him. Good skater. 
right? The four check, just pressure, just, and we talk about it, pressure. Just pressuring led to the dry saddle goal. Holloway doesn't get a point, but he made a really good play and then somewhat of a simple play. And it started in his, in his own zone. Watch how hard he skated to get close enough that he could at least make the other team have to make a split second decision. So you have to do. 833-401-1440 can dial us up or get us on the text. Text line is hopping. Hey, guys, shut the blender line off and let some guys crate thus far. It's only worked for Kane and Gagne. These players are good enough. I wouldn't fire Jay Woodcroft for anything, by the way. That one comes from uh, Ari. Ari, you know what? Last night, for the most part, um, there was a little bit more consistency in the lines. But I think I think it's fair that you could say, you know what? Let's just, like, if you're ever going to do it, the next game is the game to do it. Right? Like, I know San Jose is the only team in the league worse than you. Right now, standings-wise, but they don't have a lot of talent. Now their coach is talking all big about how yeah, we'll see who works hard, whatever. Well, they can work hard all they want. They don't have a lot of skill, right? They're going to get outskilled most nights. So then they got to, they have to outwork the other team, which is really hard to do every night. It's difficult to do. Right? Some nights you're going to be like, okay, maybe we match it, but we got a little bit more skill, we win. Great. Some nights you might outwork the other team, but they have more skill and they still beat you. And yes, giving up 20 goals in two games, awful. But again, watch the Sharks and tell me what their defensive system is. Just watch. Because I have no idea what it is. And I'm not sure the players there know what it is. So um, while the coach can can say all the big stuff, I'm, he's part of that issue. No question about it. Hey, Gregor, can't Manson just bench Bouchard? Why can't I tell the head coach? Might need guy to have his butt stapled from uh, Northside Watsy. It's a good question, Watsy. I-, I think it all depends. Usually in my conversations, having talked to players and having talked to coaches, you now, you're right. An assistant coach could come over and just say, hey, I'm not playing this guy now. And I would assume if it got to that, then the head coach would say yes. But I don't know. I've never asked a question, and maybe it's a question I should ask to say, okay, like, and that's gonna, it's not gonna be one in front of the mic because I won't give you the answer. It'd be one where you just say, hey, I'm just curious, what's your guy's process here? Do, do you let the assistant? I would assume you would, but again, I don't like assuming. Because to me, if I'm a head coach and I trust my assistant coach to run the back end, and he's, and if he thinks, okay, you know what, enough's enough, this guy's got to sit down, then I think you're bang on the, uh, the assistant coach. But if, Whatever reason the position coach doesn't want to do it, then the head coach, guess what? You got to do it, right? You, you have to. Like at some point, there there needs to be some accountability amongst your players, and especially your top ten, your top two line forwards, and your top four defense. Because if you never hold any of them accountable, what do you got? Right? What do you have? You have a record of two eight and one, which, by the way. Sorry to throw salt in your wound right now, Oilers fans. This matches the worst 11-game start in franchise history. Only two other times. The order started back in 1979. Right? Technically, 1980 is the uh, their first year, but it's 1979, 1980. Since then, Connor wasn't even born. When the order started in the NHL. It's only happened twice. Two, eight, and one. 
1993-1994. Oddly enough, the only two seasons in NHL history that had 84-game seasons. Now, I don't think they were fatigued through the first 11. Just saying. They were 2-8-1. and one. The, uh, the 92-93 team actually won their first two games. Or sorry, the 93-94. They actually won first two. Then they were a tire fire. They lost two, then they tied one, then they lost 11 in a row. They ended up being 2-13-1. So like the Edmonton Oilers are going to have to be really bad to match that. That's the worst start in franchise history over 16 games. Like That's really hard to match. The other team, they actually started 1-8-1, and one, but then they won four in a row. They won their 11th game, whereas the Oilers lost theirs. But then they won their next three after that. Ended up being 5-8-1. and one. The Edmonton Oilers... A loss against San Jose would then move it into a tie for two teams in franchise history. Worst start at 2-9-1. God help us if that happens. And I'm being selfish. I'm talking about myself here right now. Because I do not want the lay. I don't want it. Not even close. Like, it's, you know, irks me just thinking about it. I want to punch myself in the face for even bringing it as a possibility. Because after last night, anything's possible, man. As a famous Boston Celtics player yelled into the crowd once, anything is possible. Right? I would like to think a loss to the San Jose Sharks isn't possible. But in theory, it is. And the Edmonton Owners, wake up. Please, for the love of everything in Edmonton, specifically my hairline. Uh, the other factor is, hey, Gregor, were you serious? Would you start Pickard? Yes, I would. He has played four games in the minors. He's played incredibly well. Right? Is there a better team? In, now, I know you can say, well, play Skinner. He's got to get some confidence. Sure. But I need a win. And right now, Stuart Skinner, the guy they just sent down, Jack Campbell, has a higher save percentage than Stuart Skinner. Everybody's saying Campbell's terrible. Well, Stuart Skinner has a worse save percentage right now. Now, has he had some better games? Sure. But so has Jack Campbell. Jack Campbell's great against Nashville. Skinner started six games. Campbell started five games. Skinner's one, four, and one. Campbell's one and four. Neither has a good save percentage. So Campbell goes down, and I get it. Trust me, I'm not advocating for them to send Stuart Skinner down. That'd be foolish. But right now, remove emotion from your decision. You need a damn win. I'm guessing they'll they'll start Stuart Skinner. But even if Skinner beats San Jose, like if you call up Calvin Pickard and, and you know what, you play Skinner and let's say they win, you know, f- five to two. It's not like San Jose's this offensive juggernaut. Right? You just need the team to feel some confidence in a goalie. And you know what? If it's Calvin Pickard for two weeks, then it's Calvin Pickard for two weeks. It shouldn't matter. They're past the point. It should be not worried about feelings. It should be worried about winning. And there is one other thing I'm going to get to about the orders last night that irked the you-know-what out of me. You're down 5-2 to two on the road. You have JT Miller giving cheap shots to your captain. And, you know, Hyman in the moment did something. Thank you. When it became 5-2, to two, there's 10 minutes left in the game. Was was there like a face wash? Was there anything? 
show some desire. Show you care a little bit. Because we all knew the game was over. They weren't coming back to win that game. Get a pound of flesh. The Vancouver Canucks aren't that big of a physical team. You know what? And it means every player. I'm not just saying Vincent DeHarnay and Darnell Nurse and Vander Kane. Someone else step out of their damn comfort zone and do something. That was embarrassing last night for that. To me, that was the most frustrating. You got your coach gets kicked out of the game. You don't even have players who are just like, oh, you know what? Whatever. What a joke. Like, if, if that's where you want to see, to me, what's concerning is the lack of cohesiveness, annoyance, you name it. It's lacking right now for the Edmonton owners. Let's get to Con Man on a Sports 1440 update brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling, home of the no payments, no interest for one year on your furnace. Stay warm all winter at legacyheating.ca. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rustoleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustoleum. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.